Emma and welcome to the Hopes and Dreams podcast. The journey to parenthood isn't always easy. For many, fertility can be one of life's greatest challenges. And in this podcast, we'll be talking to people with all different types of journeys, including stories of loss and grief, but also, and most importantly, of strength and hope. We'll talk openly about different experiences to provide you with advice, support and coping strategies and hopefully some comfort and to help you feel less alone. Thanks for listening. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Hopes and Dreams podcast. This month is the Charity Sands Awareness Month. Sands, meaning stillbirth and neonatal death charity, is an amazing charity in the UK. They exist to reduce the number of babies dying and to ensure that anyone affected by the death of a baby receives the best possible care and support for as long as they need it. And their campaign this month is Sands Always There because they are there for parents going through tremendous loss and pain and supporting them through that and hopefully future pregnancies. So this episode is really a bonus episode. And if you've listened to other episodes previously, both Rhiannon and Susie talk about the support they received from Sands um, when they lost Harris and Beau. And it was actually through Rhiannon how I connected with my guest today, Fiona. I'm really delighted to have Fiona Donald on the podcast today. Fiona works as a volunteer for Sands in Aberdeen. And Fiona and her colleagues are there to support parents through awful sadness and loss. And as I said, through future pregnancies. Because after you've lost a baby, that anxiety can be, as I know myself, really, really hard. So I'm really happy to talk to Fiona today and shine the light on the amazing work that she and Sands do throughout the UK. And as the campaign says, Sands are always there. Thank you, Fiona. That's fine. Hello. Uh, thanks for asking me to come on. Um, I came on today, although I'm not actually a great speaker, I'm more of a listener, that's what I always say anyway, but to talk about my involvement in and volunteering work that I do for Sands and about getting support when your baby dies. I'm a bereaved parent and a trained befriender and I talk about today about the support it can offer anyone affected by the loss of a baby before or around the time of their birth. We've all been there at some point when your whole world has just fallen apart along with your hopes and dreams, but you will get through and you will never forget your baby. And and Fiona, you touched upon it briefly. You have personal experience of um, of losing 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 children as well, sadly. Yes, uh, we never thought it would happen the way it did. We thought we'd try for a baby and you would get one. The first baby we had was Gemma. She was born with hypoplastic left heart and the day after she was born we were given a choice of letting her die, I mean what sort of choice is that, or going to Birmingham. So we, so me and my husband managed to get to Birmingham with her and she fought for life for 25 days. And then the next year we had Sarah. So Sarah was born on normal and then after six weeks, suddenly took a virus, affected her heart, totally unrelated to Gemma, and then she passed away at six weeks old. Then the next year, I had Lauren, because I was I was de- desperate to have a baby by this time, a baby to hold in my arms. So the next year, I had Lauren, who is now 22, and then three years later, I had Mitchell, and time was wearing on for me. I just I was 40 not long after Mitchell was born, and he is 19. 
Um, I also had a couple of miscarriages. I had a miscarriage before Gemma, but in a sad way, I kind of expected that because both of my sisters had had a miscarriage before they'd had their children. But I didn't expect everything else that came on. And then I also had another miscarriage at 16 weeks um, between Lauren and Mitchell. So various friends said to me, oh, I don't know how you could keep doing with these pregnancies with Mitchell, but that was fine for them because they had their children, but we wanted to have Mitchell too. So that, so that was... And you've had awful loss yourself, and so you, you can really empathise with these um, parents that you're helping because you know firsthand what, what that feels like to try for a baby and have that heartache, um, but also you know, that desire to have another baby. And it's all well and good for people to say, I don't know how, you, as you said, don't know how you keep on going. And But if you want that dream, then you have to have hope and believe that it can still happen. So that I totally, totally get that. And so what, why, what are your sort of reasons and what inspired you to work for SANS apart from your, is it, is it to do with your personal experiences? Yes, it is. Um, so what happened was that when we were in Birmingham after Gemma died, um, somebody, I'm not sure who, because it's all a bit of a blur, someone gave me leaflets. And my sister at the time was working in York Hill in Glasgow and she and the, we got a leaflet for Sands and she said, oh, you should get in touch with them. So I phoned up National Sands and then they gave me the local number of the local girls that were running the group. So I phoned them up and I uh, probably told them a story. I can't really remember much about these conversations. And I came back and there was a book through my door and I thought, oh my goodness, this is amazing. And I just read that book over and over and my mum read it. We bought the book. It was called um, When a Baby Dies. And then I started going along to their meetings. But actually, I didn't go to their main support meetings that they had. I went to the next pregnancy because, oh, that's what I wanted. I just wanted to have another baby and for time to pass to have another baby. And then, so I just kept going to meeting next pregnancy. I think I maybe went to one main meeting. And then when Mitchell was two, um, the committee was changing. And then I stepped forward and to be a befriender, to give back and show people, you know, you, you will get through this. And then it just progressed from there onwards. So befriender, coordinator, chairperson, just whatever's thrown at me, really. But there is other people in the committee as well. It's not all about me. Uh, we work yeah. as a team. No, but that's amazing. And it's amazing that you wanted to give back from your personal, you know, loss and grief. And um, that's really wonderful. One question that we hadn't really planned that we, I'd ask, but I find it interesting is you never forget those babies that you lost, do you? Dep no matter how much time passes, they're always part of your story and your life. Mm -hmm. Yes, you never forget them. Coming up to um, birthdays is quite hard. So uh, that's February, March time. And so you turn the corner after Christmas and then here it goes again. It doesn't matter how many years, you know, you still takes you sort of right back but actually on their birthday the, the day itself it actually passes quite peacefully it's more the build-up to it and on the day it, it just passes peacefully I just go up to the crematorium and um, well, that's it I, I choose to forget the days that they die um, I, I just sort of find myself suddenly washing the windows or doing random stuff then my mum phones it's it's them that are really affected that I feel bad for because she's always sitting remembering you know the days that they died as well and uh, but I just choose to 
be busy myself those days and forget those days and just focus on their their birthdays yeah and have a moment to reflect and celebrate yeah. them I think that's really important and as you say even after so many years there it's good to, yeah. good to good to do that they'll always be uh, missing um, in our family I remember after Mitchell was born somebody sent me a card a Christmas card saying oh now you've got the perfect family you've got a girl and you've got a boy you know and that's that's quite hurtful that they the other two are kind of forgotten about, you know, but I just grit my teeth and keep smiling, you know. I think it's people that don't have perspective of it. If you haven't lived uh-huh. through it, you just, you'd like to think everyone can empathise, but sadly it, it's not mm-hmm. it's not possible. It's almost too hard for them to sort of um, think about it because it would upset them even though it's not this, then it's not their uh-huh. story. But um and so can you tell us about your work and what it involves and, and how you support bereaved families in the northeast of Scotland? Yeah. Not just those going through loss, but as, as we've talked about, those trying again or uh-huh. being pregnant pregnant after loss. Yeah, so um, with a wee bit of background, um, our group is in, well, in the northeast um, is part of 100 um, SANS support groups throughout the UK. And we we actually in Aberdeen cover Murray as well. Um, Murray decided to join us. They just want to do the befriending, so we're we're Murray as well. And actually, uh, Banff and Buchan is struggling a wee bit just now, so we have Banff and Buchan uh, ladies uh, with us. But we're part of um the the main charity Sands. I think you gave their aquariums a wee bit earlier about supporting anyone affected by the death of a baby, ensuring bereaved families and. Uh, parents are receive the best possible care and to, pro, to promote improvements in practice and fund research to help reduce the number of babies dying and the, their values which is which I think is quite important is that they're compassionate collaborative and the, the biggest one is evidence-based you know so everything runs on evidence you know if you wanted to get more information about National Sands, it's www.sands.org.uk. Um, so, but going back to more locally in Aberdeen and Murray, we have a helpline. Um, we have an email, a Facebook page and a Twitter page. Um, we hold support meetings for those that have just lost their baby the first Thursday of the month, for those that have gone on to have another baby or who are thinking about being pregnant or are pregnant or have had a baby in the last few years we have our next pregnancy group they they all meet and support each other that's on the uh, third Wednesday of the month now due to the pandemic we've been meeting on zoom uh, with these and we also have a private um, message page for the main one and a, and a private Facebook page for the um, next pregnancy the two are kept quite separate and the people are really supporting each other um, over the pandemic in these pages. It's been um, great, but it's not the same as face-to-face. Uh, we've done a few walking talks with the next pregnancy group and um, the ladies that had their babies during lockdown. It's been really good that they could meet because you know, you've got a nice baby after, you've, after your loss and you can't show anyone. It's been actually really difficult for them. So as well as that, we have a library of books. Um, we send out a newsletter to everyone on our distribution list, our parents. Uh, we work closely with the Rubus Law Award in Aberdeen. Um, we're handing out memory boxes, SD cards, you know, 
to get all these special photos because you've just got that short time in the hospital to make all these memories. So all this is really important. And also other things like toiletry bags. Um, the Rubus Law Award is a, a award and it's got two ensuite rooms and it's also got um, a couple of sitting rooms so and a baby room. So we've refurbished all of these in the last few years. Um, just made them more comfy, you know, stickers on the wall, coffee machine, you know, nice bedding and stuff. So it's a lot more homely instead of being clinical in the hospital. Um, so we also do fundraising. We obviously haven't done much of that over the last year, um, but it's quite important because we re rely on uh, fundraising and donations um, to run the group, to, to put these things into the hospital. And we don't have an office or anything. We just uh, work from our homes. Um, last year, we did a big awareness thing. We ha got a tree at a local park and put love hearts with everyone's babies' names on them. Um, I think we charged a fiver and then, um, for the heart. And then uh, we're going to put the hearts back out again this year. It was just lovely. They were all fluttering in the breeze. And that was for Bliss Week, which is in October. We're also part of Sands Scotland. So that's groups in Scotland who all get together online and sort of networking with each other, sharing experiences and ideas and help trying to help the areas in Scotland that don't have a group. You know, they've set up a, a main support online meeting and a dad's meeting um, for anyone in Scotland. And, and it's just good to work with other folk in Scotland. It's amazing. You do so, so much. And that's why it's so important to talk about the great work that SANS does, because they're really there for met, for women and dads um, going mm -hmm. through this. And that's important because the dads go through this loss, uh, not physically, yeah. but emotionally with their with their partners. Um, and so you mentioned there about the Rubislaw um, Ward. And I know that because I know that in Aberdeen that they have that special baby ward, which you talked about, yes. um, which they don't have at all hospitals. And it's certainly no. not something I experienced in Glasgow. And I think that's something that we've talked about on the podcast before, that it's so awful having something awful happen to you when you're in an environment where people are having a different outcome than you are. And you have to be with these you know, you're so happy for other people yeah. having their babies, but you're going through loss, and to be separate from that would be ideal and in a, in, a, mm -hmm. in a sort of comforting, safe environment. So that's amazing that Aberdeen have that, and they're also building at the moment, which will be ready in December 2023, I believe, a special bereavement suite. So that's brilliant that that's in the pipeline, because as I said, not all hospitals have that. How did that come about, and what what difference will that make to parents going through what they do? Um, so so what happened was that um, it all came back to the sort of maternity voices partnership. Um, they were doing a maternity review and then they set up this maternity voices partnership. And whilst we were attending the meetings, it was announced at one of the meetings that there was going to be this new hostel going to be built. It was it was going to be um, ready in December 2020, actually. <laughs> but various things, well, you know what it's like. Didn't, didn't quite work out like that. But the foundations are getting built at the moment, so at least when you can see something happening. So anyway, we were asked if we wanted to be involved in the design and planning of this hospital, and so three of us um, stepped forward, because I knew that the Rubus Law Award, having spoken to other SANS groups in Scotland and in the UK, was really unique, and I just thought that it would be such a shame to not have that. And 
you know, have some sort of baby loss room. And, and I myself was in a, a giant ward in Birmingham, I think. Um, so, so Gemma was in uh, Birmingham Children's Hospital and I was in a different hospital. And uh, in the middle of the night, they came in with their babies. So there was like 20, it was one of those old fashioned wards, you know, 20. And I'll never forget, it was just horrendous. Lying there with your baby, pro- possibly dying very ill and people coming in with their babies you know and so actually I did get a room to myself after that because I sort of cracked up by the time I got to the children's hospital it just it just wasn't right but it's always played in the back of my mind so then so I wanted to make sure that there was a bereavement suite or some sort of dedicated space for bereaved parents in the future so we attended uh, many meetings from one of the ones that I attended was um, where the hospital was going to be on the site and weighing up where it could be. There was a few different options, people from, you know, professionals, midwives, etc., all at these meetings. So it was really important um, to tell them what would be essential and what would be really he- helpful for bereaved parents of the future. And we did feel really privileged to do this and we also felt we were really listened to. Um, so this is an enclosed area away from the hustle and bustle of the hospital. It's soundproofed, um, a quick exit and entrance to the car park. So if you've had bad news, you don't have to walk out through balloons and things. You can just go zip the, the professional, will zip the, the left thing and it'll fob and it'll just go right down to the bottom. So that's great. Um, well, there'll be two ensuite rooms with outdoor safe veranda sort of space so you can get a wee bit of fresh air, um, a family area, a multi-purpose area, double bed, softer lighting, and obviously there'll be the clinical areas. But it'll all, all be soundproofed, all sort of set away from all the rest of the hospital. And that's what you like. That's what's good about Rubislaw. Sometimes you you would just like to live in Rubislaw forever. You just don't want to come back out into the real world. That's totally amazing and so important because having been through it five times myself to be in an area where you see other people having a different outcome, it is really hard. Yeah. So so from that, from our meetings and I think I felt like I was a bit of a moaner actually, but um, moaning about um, separate exit because it is really hard coming out through baby balloons. Actually at Aberdeen Maternity Hospital, they created a new door for the parents just now. And so the infertility people and Rubus Law come out, can come out a separate door and go in a separate door so they don't have to come through balloons and all the happiness. It's not that you don't want folk to be happy, but it's just really hard when you're walking away. So that, that was a good thing that came out of my conversations where they've got this separate door now for, for just now at the hospital, so that's good. And then just down below that, on the next floor, is the scanning department, which has also got a quick in and out, and the early baby loss area. So I got quite involved in them because, um, especially the scanning department, um, bad, you know, you, you go for a scan and you'll come out with bad news and then you you were walking through a throng of uh, happy people with their pictures and everything and, and you were just feeling devastated. So they've um, changed that as well so that in the new hospital, it'll be an in and out. You won't have to do that, which is really good. But it is ironic that um, you, you want scans when you're pregnant again. You want a scan for reassurance, you know. So... So the easier it can be for parents in scanning, the better. And and baby loss is right down below, um, sorry, early pregnancy loss is right down below 
the the bereavement suite. So they'll be able to use the lift. They'll be able to use the same sort of um, facilities. That sounds like a really safe, comforting space that I know will make a real difference to people. Obviously, it can't bring a baby back if they've mm-hmm. gone through loss, but it it makes that experience more bearable and is, is so much better for your mental health, I'm sure. So that's amazing yeah. work that's being done. Because it doesn't matter what what gestation your baby was. At the end of the day, you know, that was that was your life. And you, you direct, whether you were eight weeks pregnant, you know, you're still, I was always still thinking ahead, oh, in however many weeks we'll do this, you know, on our Christmas, you know. So it's still... Um, Still, the, the the loss of a precious baby and your and as I say, your hopes and dreams, and it's still heartbreaking. Yeah, exactly. And and I, all mine have been early, and but they're still very important to me. And it, I I'm sad about each and every any every one of them. So I totally get that all babies matter, no matter yeah. what stage you are in pregnancy. And and the other thing that you guys do, um, that you and your colleagues have been involved with is also working on a revised curriculum for student midwives too. Mm-hmm. And you've worked with NHS Grampian in Aberdeen, including the local hospital, which we've already talked about, as part of Maternity Voices Partnership to help provide the best possible care in Aberdeen, haven't you? Um, yep. I mentioned, as I say, I mentioned the Maternity Voices Partnership before. And um, it's it's made up of service users, health professionals and relevant voluntary groups and those who care for parents and families and they come together to ensure informed choice and good maternity care. So the bereavement is covered in there. Anyway, there's four focus groups in the Maternity Voices Partnership in the Grampian area, um, Murray and Veruri and Aberdeen and Peterhead. And so from this group, I stepped forward as a past member and um past service user and a member of SANS to help review the student midwife curriculum and for the BSc and MSc courses and just sort of chipping away any bits of information that I thought were relevant and also to make sure that baby loss was um, in the mix. It was really interesting and there was a couple of uh, surveys that came out asking parents various things, you know, what would make the perfect midwife for you? what would you like a midwife to do in the future or whatever you know just various questions for folk to fill out so I sent them around our our distribution list and encouraged people to speak about what what they wanted also the continuity of carers a new thing from the best start and so that was why they were reviewing it because continuity of care is going to be really good for a bereaved parent because you're going to have uh, the same midwife from the very start from the booking right through until after the birth you know once you're home and so you won't have to keep going through your stories you know like for me when I had Mitchell it was quite hard to go through my whole story all the time every t- every morning it was quite laborious you know I just wanted to tell somebody once and then they knew what the story was and so that, that this new continuity of carer that's going to come in in Scotland will be great and that one of the reasons that the curriculum was also getting changed so that it was running um with with that at second year midwives we come along we've done it for 10-12 years I just hold the leaflets I always say but one of the girls talks about her story and about Sands to second year midwives we've been doing that for as I say 10 years now and she just does her story and then we also hand out um, guidelines for professionals to the people the students that are in attendance there and so it's really good it's just really good that we can be involved and with RGU you know and keep baby loss on the agenda and we've also got National Sands 
do um, bereavement training. So they do it for health professionals, but this year they actually did it to the students. I think they maybe did it to the three universities, but we insisted that they did it. And but it's so important to give that training so that these um, healthcare professionals can um, support um, parents going through this um, awful time in, in the right way. So it's such important work that, yeah, that, that you're right. doing it. And, and having that continuity of care is also important as well and understanding the notes. I remember I had one loss before my daughter and then I've had the other four since I had her. And when I was pregnant with her at my 20-week scan, of course, I was nervous having lost a baby. They were very quiet in the, in, in the scanning room. I could see that they were looking at something and they didn't, they didn't reassure mm-hmm. me. And actually it was something, it wasn't small, but it was, yeah, it was relatively a small issue. But then they took me to a counseling room with a box of tissues and I was just sobbing. And then the uh, doctor came in and looked at me like I was mad and she hadn't read that I'd had a previous loss. And if she had, she might've said to me, look, there's nothing really serious to worry about. We just need to check you and talk you through something. But um, yeah. you know, having that knowledge of your, your notes is really important to help support you. Our parents very um laid back and you know she'll answer anything you know so I think it really helped them and a lot of them she usually has her photos with her and a lot of them hadn't seen a dead baby or whatever before or hadn't been in the bereavement suite and I'm just hoping that when they do go in they'll take a wee step back you know and and think so it is really good and we're so thankful that she does that and and we were I was really thankful for the last two years to to attend um, RGU for that it was really good to do that as well but and also a thank you to the midwives that have to support this this happening because I yeah. remember seeing the recent hospital program about miscarriage and the, the the midwife in tears having to see a baby pass and you know it affects it affects them having to help and support and you know you're human so you you yeah. you, you, you can empathize that loss for that person um, so they do amazing work and you do you guys do amazing work is there is there any finally is there any advice that you'd share with parents who are experiencing loss either in terms of working through the grief or indeed with them trying again once they've gone through that pain of losing a baby uh, yeah I, I find um, that parents handle grief in different ways and um some have climbed mountains, some have skydived, you know, and others maybe just sit at home. That was kind of what I was doing. I would have sat at home forever and not gone out, but folks started forcing you to go out. So you just got to go with what, what you think's best for you. Um, you know, I, I remember the first steps of everything were quite hard, you know. Uh, the first time that we were with um, Sarah and Gemma's cousins and you just knew that they should be with you you know first Christmas special day some people um, due date is quite hard I also could look up baby boys but not baby girls you know um, so it's just really kind of going with the flow there was a good book that actually my kind of story was in um, that National Science produced last October called Loving You From Here so available on Amazon and it's really good it starts from the beginning with a few different stories, a few dad stories, you know, because Sands has got Sands United, you know, there's a few football teams for dads down in England. I think there might be a couple in Scotland. And it, and right the way through to pregnancy after a loss and all sorts of worries that you might have, it's it's really um, supportive. And then a support group's good, but it's not for everyone. And it's not sitting in a circle um, saying my name is whatever, you know. It's, it's just about sharing or... Some people just now come online to our meetings and they don't. They just listen. They don't see anything, and that's fine. It just getting the comfort and whatever's 
really kind of best for you, is what I would say. Um, one of the things I'd, that I wanted to say that will make a difference to everyone that's lost a baby, I think, I don't know if you've heard of it, is the National Care Bereavement Pathway. They've, they've got five pathways and it's more, the pathways is really steps. So the steps from, say, when you first hear bad news that a professional has to take right the way through to your care at home and then the hope is that every area in Scotland because I think they've got this in England already every area in Scotland will have to use the same pathway and so everyone no matter where they are in Scotland will get the same care and it's broken in, down into the miscarriage steps fetal um, abnormality steps stillbirth neonatal and sudden infant death syndrome they're all it's all broken there's just a pathway for each of them and Aberdeen's a pilot I think there's five pilot health boards just now just working out the finer details and then the health professionals will have to do, to take those paths um to care for parents and I think that'll be really good for for areas I think we are lucky up here in Grandpere but I think it'll be good for everyone to to be on the same path and you you would never be treated the way that you were with people not reading their notes well I think I think that's it Aberdeen are leading the way and I hope the rest of Scotland follows in your in that great example and Fiona thank you so much for everything you do um and and your colleagues at SANS to help support people when they're really at their lowest it's such important work that you do and also for sharing your personal story today um, I know it was is really going to help um, people going through loss and and all the support that you give people up in up in Aberdeen. Thank you so much for coming on and. No, thanks for um, asking me. That's great. And uh, and if anyone wants to email me or whatever, um, I answer help at Aberdeen sands dot org. You know, I answer that emails. I I I'm willing to to help anybody wherever they are. You know, if there's not a group there, I'm quite happy to email emailing or whatever it is it's not out of my way at all you know maybe can't meet in person for a coffee because that's what what I often do but um, anyone can email me if they want and that's amazing and thank you so much that is so wonderful thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the hopes and dreams podcast I hope you found it useful and indeed hopeful and it was really wonderful to shine a light on the great work that SANS do Fiona mentioned a lot of resources in that so I'll I'll make sure that they're in the show notes so do check them out do follow us on Instagram and Twitter the hopes and dreams podcast and do let us know what you thought and leave a review and let us know what you'd like for future editions and we'll see you next time thank you